Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the new garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. Your guide to all things music related. If you were born in exactly 1980, Dan Hans is here. Joined as I always am by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castro. Hey, Dan. You know, we've done a lot of these. That was the first time you've ever cracked a beer open mm. at the exact moment Jackie Daytona started playing. I so love it. Good timing. See, we still have firsts after all these years. All these years. All these years. Jackie Daytona working on a follow-up, by the way, to uh, the critically acclaimed Smash She's So Hot. Nice. Um, is she still so hot? Or has time been tough? Not quite as hot anymore, mm-hmm. but she's a mom. Oh. Well, and, and in other ways, she's um, even more, more beautiful. More beautiful than ever. I like that. So it depends on what your definition of hot is, Bob. No, I'm with Jackie on this one. More beautiful than ever. You kind of backed me into a corner already. Tried. Tried. Tried it. Not falling for it. Um, yes, throwback pod. Here we I, you know what? I'm into my wife now more as a mom than before. Like, Is that weird? No, of course not. Go on. Keep Can going. I, I'm just into the... She's a busy mom, but sometimes she has to make time. <laughs> That's your thing now. <laughs> She doesn't really have as much time for me. She's not so into like what I have to say or do anymore. She doesn't really ask me questions about my day, but it's because she's busy. Like I don't get jealous of my kids, but it's a fact of life that I'm not as important as I used to be in the structure of things. So when I am oh, important. So it's like a dom sub kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know about <laughs> any of that shit either. I know a lot of people are into that stuff. and That's not my thing either. That's exactly what a guy who was super into that stuff would say. <laughs> you heard Chris Catan at the top of the show. <laughs> of course you did. And as you always do. And Chris uh, was in the news. Again, this is how we opened up our last episode. Chris was in the news. Yeah, not for the plane arrest. Nope. And also, by the way, not in the news. Chris was on our Twitter feed. <laughs> and that's about it. Oh, well, that is what the news is in uh, <laughs> modern society. That but is true. No, uh, Chris Catan... Uh, the latest uh, twist uh, to his 21st century career showed up as the celebrity on the celebrity dating game, which is a really um, a catastrophe of a show. When I went home to New York to see my parents last month, you know how it works when you go see your parents and you're spending a lot of time together and then it's nighttime and now you're watching TV. You just turn the TV on. It's right. not like, because you don't want that pressure of being like, hey, mom, let's watch uh, Shit's Creek or something. Right. You're just, especially for you, because you hate that. That's not that I hate it. It's just everybody calm down. But you're just kind of like, a little. you're turning on broadcast television and just whatever's on, you're watching it with the rents. Right. Because the, the baby boomer, boomer generation is still about that. You right. turn it on the TV and the summer game shows where the um, hosts who are usually pretty decent sized names. They show up in these shows, and it feels low rent, but then you're like, oh, I get it. So they made $2 million for what would it be? How much shooting would it be for Michael Bolton and Zoe Duchanel Zoe. from uh, the Celebrity Dating Game? Like, How much work do you think they actually did? Oh, they're just showing up. They're, they're knocking it out in a few hours, and they're going home. Right. 
Yeah. To me, part of me, it's unbecoming seeing these stars on these shows, but then you're like, oh, they want to buy that new house in Malibu. No, and it's not like Will Arnett, who shows up at 6 a.m. at Lego, oh, works a full day, Bob. checks in with the team. He's not listening to this. Do- Will, are Don't, you out there? No, 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 Will? no, no, no. Will? Will. He enjoys your company on that show, Lego Masters. Uh, get the plug in, Bob. Where Lego Masters. It? It's on Fox, or you could uh, stream it on Hulu. And, and uh, excellent show. My kids love it. I enjoy it. Um, will he tolerates you and finds you to be an asset on the set? But I don't think you need to go the next step and a couple months later after shooting, uh, kiss up to him on your little herd podcast about '90s music. Will, I don't know if that's worth it. Really listens to every episode. He's not a fan of yours. I'm just going to say it. He's told me many times that I should quote unquote cut the dead weight. But I'm not listening Canadians to him. Canadians don't like me. We're friends. Uh, no, I, I was being serious, though. Will got kind of a shit deal on these celebrity reality hosting gigs because he puts in a full day of work and then he'll go and watch Zoe and Michael Bolton, who are clearly just there for 95 minutes and then they go home. You're having massive problems with your microphone. Yeah. Don't and then. Uh, yeah. So he got the he got the raw and on that one, like he has to actually work. But anyway, no, he on. doesn't. I yeah, mean, he does. I, listen, now you're roping me into giving praise to Will Arnett, and he doesn't yes. mean anything to me. <laughs> um, he could mail it in, too. Maybe the show's not as good, Lego Masters. It but wouldn't be. He could do it. It's it's a credit to Will Arnett. Yes, there you go, Yes, Bob. credit. You got what you wanted. Credit. You praised a Canadian. We have it on record. Um, Keep going. Chris Kattan was the celebrity guest, and here's a little... Um, I'll just play the clip. It's a minute. Uh, it's on YouTube. It has 1.7 thousand... Would you rather be invisible or be able to read minds? Well, since I can already read. Wait a second. Listen to his voice there. There's a little bit of a a slurring, maybe? Correct. Number one. Would you rather be invisible or be able to read minds? Uh Well, since I can already read minds, I would rather be invisible. Wow. What am I thinking? Uh, God. What is Chris Kadan thinking? <laughs> thinking? When he's sitting up on this stage with a bunch of actresses who don't even know who what he is. What are the producers thinking? I wish she wasn't a single mom because I don't want to be a stepfather. <laughs> oh, gosh. What, what just happened? <laughs> Something just shifted. That's it. By the way, the premise of the dating game, if anybody knows, is he's behind a wall and the three contestants vying for his affection they have to guess who it is. Yeah. And I know Chris Kattan hasn't really been in the eye for 20 plus years now, but it's a, it's a pretty recognizable voice. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to the throwback podcast, you'll, you'll know it immediately. Is that Michael Bolton? Bachelorette <laughs> right, number two, what do you think is your worst quality and why? There's something going on. My yeah. worst quality. Um... No rush. <laughs> nice. Maybe I'm. I just had to check the playback speed because I thought it's everybody good was if slurring. Not on show, then. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, let's see if you, you're up to my standard. Someone's taking the gloves off. All right, so, All right, so we, that's where we're at with Chris Kattan right We now. were alerted to this on Twitter by uh, at oh that girl Julie who posted a video of this, and of course everybody was weighing in immediately including I got to pull up this other tweet about what happened at the end of the episode, which right before we started uh, recording, we were trying to find a clip of it and it doesn't exist on YouTube. 
it wasn't newsworthy enough on YouTube oh, to find this. Even like a negative viral clip, he can't get. Mm, but apparently at the very end. Oh, Chrissy. Still looking for it. At the very end of the episode, when they have to guess who it is, Bachelorette number one uh, guesses that it's Chris Kattan. And when okay. it comes time for uh, Bachelorette number two, her response was, well, I don't know who that is, so I'm going to have to agree with Bachelorette oh, number one. Oh, no. And <laughs> I would love nothing more uh, to, than to see this clip. Uh, we got to find it. Everybody out right, there. If anybody finds it, if anyone watched that and somehow has it on their DVR, um, Wait a second. We could yeah. easily get that. We just need to pull uh, it up on Hulu. It's impossible. At Eat Your Landlord shared it with us. They shared a picture of it, too. I'll retweet it on Twitter. But he said the look of quiet desperation in this man's eyes is prime at throwback fodder. And guess what, buddy? You were right. So yeah. thank you for that. I Sometimes I feel bad about all, how we study this uh, man because it doesn't seem like it's going down a great road. Um, but at the same time, somebody needs to be documenting this. I don't well, know why. And I don't feel like we came into this gig... Uh, with any ill feelings towards Chris Kattan, the reason that we start every episode off with, do you guys want some cookies is because that's the funniest line ever delivered in any movie ever. Yeah, I mean, he fucking killed it. It's the, hi, you guys want some cookies, cookies, cookies. I mean, that's just awesome. There's never been a better line delivery period. Brando, uh, James Dean doesn't matter. Never did it. That's it. Here we are talking about Chris Kattan for 14 minutes again. Uh, again, two episodes in a row. <laughs> Today's album is The Invisible Band by Travis, released on June 11th, 2001, Bob. Yes, it put was. Put it on the board? Yeah, you could definitely put it on the board. You know why? Guess what else happened on June 11th? Fran Healy did that shit? Guess who else? Guess what else happened on June 11th, 2001, Dan? June. Wait a second. June 11th. I think you might get this. Well, let me just say, June 11th, exactly three months before, Bob. Yes. Yeah, but that's, uh, yeah. Put that shit on the board, All right, bro. it's on the board. Fran Healy did that shit, maybe. For new listeners, we have an active 9-11 board where we try to get to the bottom of who's behind it. It's a lot of red string. A lot of red string. Uh, it was the same day, Dan, that Timothy McVeigh was executed. Ah, good. So, fun day here in America. <laughs> well, you thought I would know that? <laughs> you know what? Yes, I did. Because if anybody I know would know that as just a random piece of information, it's Yeah. Me. Well, I could tell you that the um, Oklahoma City bombing, which McVeigh was one of the people responsible for it, happened, I believe, the day before my 15th birthday. So, mm. April 22nd, 1995. Um, I remember that. I remember being selfishly, very selfishly uh, annoyed that my birthday had been impacted negatively by uh, that building blowing up yeah. uh, by the hands of domestic terrorists. And then... I'm sure it really brought down your Pearl River Lanes bowling party the next day. <laughs> and then to top it off, like I think God to punish me for having even having those thoughts, four years later, the Columbine massacre happened right before my birthday. and was like, how you feel now, bitch? <laughs> Still feel sorry for yourself? Well, I mean, Timothy McVeigh is also tied to Kingman, Arizona. He's one of the uh, famous people to come out of Kingman, Arizona, alongside Jason Zumwalt, who should be <laughs> returning here in the garage. He's not in coming no time. on the show again. Jason. Someday. We've Someday tried to get nice. Jason on. Jason is, and listen, this, this COVID thing is legitimate. Uh, the Delta variant, it's a bitch. Um, I don't think that J- Jason is an extreme uh, uh, COVID fear guy. I don't think he's leaving that bunker in Arizona until this the shit's gone. Yeah, that's, that's a, my theory. That's a good call. 
Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I hope he comes back. We'd love to get him on the podcast again. Jay, are you there? He's got like a static radio. He's got a what was that? What was that Brendan Fraser movie like? Blast from the past, what? where he's just he's down <laughs> in a bunker. 20 feet below the surface. Like, Jane, you're Alicia Silverstone. Don't you get it? Like, what? <laughs> what? Nobody saw this movie. Why? Um, yes, The Invisible Band by Travis. Love it. Love it. Love it. The third album by the Scottish rock outfit. The album that followed The Man Who, which we hit on this show. And we wrestled, Bob, with do we want to do The Invisible Band, the third album, or do we want to do Good Feeling, mm-hmm. the first album? And it was kind of a coin toss, but we ultimately decided what bob we decided that while good feeling is rocking and has some of our favorite travis songs ever i i said i connected more emotionally with the invisible band and you said yeah me too buddy right and then we locked eyes and we just kind of like started saying other stuff oh did did i i just kind of blacked out after i said that gay stuff you were just saying some stuff about how you feel ultimately maybe it's time for that to come out during this episode put that on a different board you, you often you get annoyed about um, me not promoting the show enough. But I if do. you ever came out on our podcast, I absolutely would tweet about it once a week and a half <laughs> after the episode went up. Wow, that's about the, all I could ask for at this point. Absolutely, great. I would if I remembered. I would absolutely do no. It. See, that's the big F. That's a big asterisk right there. <laughs> All right, let's... Uh, I think... Well, hold up? on. I think this episode is a perfect example, though, of, like, why are you guys doing this podcast? Uh, to talk about The Invisible Band from 2001. Right. This is the kind of album where nobody's asking for this. No. We're not putting this on a poll. We're not... Nope. We're not going on Patreon being like, what do you guys think about this? This is an album that we both loved. Yeah, I don't have a strong feeling that anybody wants this to exist, but that's that doesn't really matter. That's when we started this. Nobody wanted this podcast to exist. Even the people at HeadGum who gave us the podcast didn't want it to exist. That, they pulled that cord so quickly, HeadGum. <laughs> so quickly. And, I, you know, it's not... Uh, listen, it's water under the bridge. So in 2001, not only did uh, Timothy McVeigh bite the dust, bro, but uh, the same month that The Invisible Band came out, so did Six Feet Under, one of the best shows of all time. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down there, Bob. Slow your roll. Nope. On one of the best shows of all time. Yep, put it on the list. It is a. Have you revisited it? Don't since need it to. Went off the air? Don't need to. It's in my heart and my soul. Okay, so time I did revisit it. I, I started rewatching it about a year and a half ago, and while it was still enjoyable, mm-hmm. it very much felt to me as a forty-year-old as a show that my twenty-year-old self would find really deep and profound. Mm-hmm. Um, and then watching it later, it felt much more soapy and still fun, still good, but not special. Now, Sopranos, which I know you're rewatching right now. Yeah, I'm deep um, You revisit Sopranos, you're like, oh, this is one of the most important television shows ever. And it all makes sense why it gets so much love even to this day. Six Feet Under? I don't know. Well, it was a different time and we were expecting different things from TV shows back then. And I think it did break a lot of ground that now has been overtrodden after years and years and years. Why you punish me? But I mean, look, as much as I am really loving this Sopranos rewatch, there are like at least six episodes devoted to Billy the Big Mouth Bass. Like a wave. Like, that's like a major plot point and it just reminds you how stupid we were in (laughs) 2000. So, you know, nothing really holds up the way you want it to. I guess the point. Well, I I think it's a little bit of a misdirection to say the episodes were about. Billy no, the Big they Mouth they Bass. were centered around. But there's a big moment where Tony Soprano is staring at this Billy the Big Mouth Bass. After, he dreams like, about it, also. Yes. Right. 
Yeah. He, but he dreams about and then he's given pussy it, right, but then he's as given a it, fish. Of course, and then he's given it as a gift. And it's a, it's a, There's some layers to it, though, is all I'm saying. It's not about the actual toy. It's mostly a product placement thing about the toy. But my favorite thing about it is the, <laughs> so characters, the characters are also genuinely amused by it. And that's how... Oh, that was real. That was real. Yep. If you weren't around for the Billy the Big Mouth Bass explosion, that was real. 2001, <laughs> like, we talk about 9-11 a lot, but not enough people talk about the shit that was going on before 9-11 on 2001. Mm-hmm. Very stupid times. Stupid times. Um, if you weren't laughing at the Billy the Big Mouth Bass, you were um, getting a poker set for Christmas. Yeah, and you were still coming down from the Uga Chaka Baby from Ally McBeal. That was, you know, a few years before that, but it was the same era. Same era of dumb. And you also might have been getting some angst out of your system uh, when you purchased Break the Cycle. The number one alternative rock song when Travis's album came out was this one. It's been a while since I could hold my head up high. And it's been a while since I first saw you. Lewis, the lead singer of Stained, turned out he's like a big conservative chud. Yep. So that's how he's in the news these days. Very anti-masker, pro-Trumper, country music star now, I guess. And uh, here's a look at this headline in the L.A. Times late last month. Opinion column, an anthem for the next GOP convention, country music's latest lyric controversy. Country music fans gave us a hint of their politics recently, or seem to, by sending Aaron Lewis's Am I the Only One to the top of the charts. Here are the lyrics, Bob. Am I the only one who thinks they're taking all the good we've got and turning it bad? To those who disagree with him, he has these friendly words. If you don't like it, there's the fucking door. And then this, the real sacrilege, am I the only one who quit quits singing along every time they play a Springsteen song? Wow. Ooh. Are we siding with Aaron Lewis here? Wait, no. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's just like, uh, he's the Aubrey Huff of country music. Just like oh. a, a loud... <laughs> idiot on twitter and oh, i don't even know if he's on twitter but he's so he's just, a, he does the country thing we should just try to be country stars it's not too late it feels like it's an easy move but then you have to write this type of shit too to get people all riled up go to the top of the charts yeah he seems like a chud yeah we didn't um we didn't like this song when it came out at least i didn't <clears throat> it sounds like the worst allison chain song in 2001 yeah but it's 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 Hard to really explain to people who weren't there how big this song was. Oh, huge. And huge. it was a huge song. And while I will say, Dan, while your uh, It's Been 
Yes, Brian. Is so accurate that you could practically mistake you for Stephen Page. Your it's been a while. It's, it's been a while. like it's like an interpretation of yeah, the song. It's not, it's it, not an yeah. exact replica. I think that's fair. Okay. Because I don't think that's what you're going for, but correct me if I'm wrong. It just feels like you're putting your own spin on it. No, that's right. Okay, good. That's right. Good. That's, you're an artist. Uh, yeah, that's what that is. Okay, got oh, it. This guy's a real chud, huh? <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> I guess if you're going to use that word for one person, Aaron Lewis is perfect. <laughs> that was That is a bad song. I hated that song when it came out. It's just boring. Like, Yeah. It's okay to be... You could be anything, really. Just don't be boring. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. The cricket's back, by the way. Oh, nice! He came to the new garage. That's good. We I missed him. Let's see if the, here. Just be quiet a second. Let's see if the people can hear. He showed up. That's the same. A couple one. days ago. It's obviously the it same. It does one. seem like the same. Guy. Yeah, same guy. Um. So we got to deal with that now as well. We got to deal with that Chud Aaron Lewis, <laughs> and we got another <laughs> fucking cricket. I'm okay with that. chorus that Fran Healy ever wrote and it's one of my favorite songs ever. It was released on my birthday, Bob, on April 23rd, 2001. Oh, so you finally had one good birthday. There you go. That was the makeup for Columbine. And uh, this is the lead-off <laughs> song and the lead single. <laughs> That's how God works. Mysterious ways. <laughs> just that line out of context is the best. <laughs> I just think it's beautiful. It is. I agree. Completely. And I remember sitting in my dorm at Northeastern, and there being, um, I don't know if it was a, a fan site or what it was, but a clip of Sing was available for download, and you could play it on your, like, real Windows player. It was one of those uh-huh. real Windows Wave player or something, and it was just the chorus. Yeah. And I remember just being, like, mouth agape when I heard the chorus for the first time, because I was like, whoa. Whoa. This takes everything that was great in The Man Who, and it just feels like, to me, it's just a step up in terms of melody and songwriting and everything else. Yeah, it's an example of that excited feeling when a band puts out that first single after an album that you love and them hitting it. Right. And you're just so happy. Baby, something going on today But I say So that, 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 that
got to be careful with the banjo. You know. Are you talking to me or Steve Martin? Everybody. Okay. Steve, even Steve Martin. We all love Steve Martin. But he's got to be careful with his little banjo. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I like, I think he, it's a perfect uh, match for this. There, I was at their last U.S. show. It was, it's been eight years. They haven't been back um, here in L.A. And when they played this song, it was just like the mandolin was out or the banjo was out. And the, he was still hitting every note. And it was just like, oh, my, this is worth the price of admission. That's so cool. It's one of those songs. I vaguely remember the video being bad. But to no fault of their own, I think it was just one of those like cheeky British music videos that never translate. Over it was here. a food fight. That's video. right. Yeah, yeah, the food fight. And That's it was right. bad. Yes. Indeed. Bad. And I think it's important, though, for everybody listening to know that when you were at Northeastern in your dorm room, the only thing you watched on your real Windows <laughs> media player were music videos yes. from the UK. Clips of um, upcoming singles from my favorite bands. And that was it. That was it. Um Huh. Did you know that that video sing, which is bad, was directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris of the Tonight Tonight fame by Smashing Pumpkins. Really? And all sorts of big wow. time videos. But that one didn't get the pop. Um, didn't get MTV play. I remember that. There is a video on that uh, song coming up in just a bit that did get that love um, on MTV, even if it wasn't a big hit. But I remember it was played. Um, somewhat often. We're going to get to that just in a little bit. But uh, yeah, there is a, I think, um, I think everybody, or at least people like you and I, you make that playlist like songs, playlist for, you know, before I die. You know, that type of like my favorite songs ever. Wait, you have a playlist for right before you die? Yeah, Robbie Williams, Angels, 15 times in a row. Uh, that's just when you, to make right. sure it, it well, covers. That's when you're being lowered into yeah. the ground, right. But I wanted to cover all stages of my death. Well, do you still believe, we haven't gotten into this in a while, that you know when you're down there, that you can still like hear everything going on around you? Because if that's the case, then why stop it for when you die? Just keep it playing. Is that what I was saying? Like you, I think I said that you that we don't have proof. Right. I, I think you're, <laughs> well, how do you feel? Do you think that when you're down there, you're still kind of like aware of the shit that's going on? I think so. All right. So we're outfitting your, your casket with speakers. Make me a playlist. How are you going to keep the uh, the on, juice for the speakers going? On Spotify. Uh, oh, batteries nowadays. Oh, I got a good idea. Yeah. Because they have like the um, the flame. The eternal flame. The eternal flame. JFK, yeah. if you can give me like the eternal Bose speakers. Yeah, eternal Bose speakers. <laughs> Maybe we can get it sponsored by Bose and they can pick up the cost. Yeah. I don't know if Bose, uh, I don't think we have the numbers for Bose. Maybe... Uh, Oh, no, don't give me, like, the Walgreens We might have speakers. to. Yeah, we might have to do that. Got to give me a good sound of death. But also, as you can do, you can have a cord running up from my grave through the dirt and the mud <laughs> and the worms. <laughs> just and like just an plug au- me into a wall. Auxiliary cord. <laughs> and this is an iPhone. Uh, here's track two, Dear Diary. Because I'm fine between the Oh, my point was, though, if you ever, and it's actually a good good exercise to, what are the songs, if I only got one playlist before I die, I get to listen to these songs one more time, um, what are the 13 songs on that playlist? Sing is on my playlist. Wow. It's there. That's how much I like Sing. And that's how much you're sticking to this no more than 12, 13 tracks. Why would it change? 
it's the most important Because you're dying. Playlist. You're so yeah. So why don't you know indulge yourself a little bit? You're such a capitalist pig. Go to 20. more, more, more. Who's who's making money on this? No, just it's keep not it. money. It's about discipline. What are the thirteen songs that mattered most in your life? And your last thought as you drift off into the to the big unknown would be, I wish I had a fourteenth song. <laughs> That's it. Well, isn't that life? Kind of in a way. Yeah. All right. This is the best part of this. Very strange track, too. So I always thought thought this was a very odd track placement because they have sing track one. The next song is side track three. To me, they're the two, two of the best singles the band ever released, two of the best songs the band ever created. And they sandwiched it with like this kind of like Radiohead B-side type vibe song. Yeah, I wouldn't even put this in that Radiohead class. This is even, I don't know, it's just kind of mopey. It's like they're, they're mopiest of mopes. It feels like it belongs at the very end of the album or as a B-side. So you don't like it? I don't hate it, but it, you're right. It's out of place as track two. I feel like it might have worked a little later in the album better. Yeah. Um, but also this is... And these kids out there today, they don't listen to full albums anymore, but it does kind of, it kind of sets up track three, but that's only because it's the only thing I've heard coming into track three on this album for 20 years. That's it. Right. Exactly. If it was one of the later songs, probably would like that better. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to talk myself out of it because I like the album so much, but I just don't like that Dear Diaries there. And I don't think it's that strong. So. I agree completely. Um, but you know, it is a strong song. Though. I do. Maybe one. the strongest? Is it going to be this one? Maybe the strongest in the Travis catalog? Maybe, Bob. Maybe one of the great Brit pop songs ever? Ooh, I like the setup. I like where this we're is at. Pop. The second single of The Invisible Band. Your thoughts, Bob? I love this one. This is this is my go-to Travis song, I think. If I'm this making, is it? If I'm making a playlist, I'm throwing this one on it. Not thinking about my deathbed, but I just love this song. So, I would is a Travis song on your deathbed mix? I think I would put a Travis song on the deathbed mix. So then it has to be side, then, if that's what you're saying. Well, if I'm dying, I don't know. This, this is a little too like happy for me to be dying to. Why does the music have to be depressing? I don't know, because I'm fucking dying. It's a celebration of life mix, Bob. I'm in a death bed. I'm not out there celebrating. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's how I'm picturing this. Philosophically, we are just all over the map, Bob. We <laughs> cannot get on the same page. Um, yeah, I just think this is everything just works so well with this song. I think it's just I think it's probably their best pure single. Like 
if they were ever going to be big in America, which they were not, this was their chance. And I, I enjoy and I like that on their third album, their second single on the third album, this is like, this is the best we can do to be a popular act uh, in America. Take it or leave it. Didn't quite work out, although it got a lot of play on MTV post 9-11. Uh, it was in that rotation, right. post 9-11 rotation. Right. I don't remember the video, but I'm sure you watched it on your dorm computer. And we touched on this um, in the past in the show, so I won't dwell on it. But after 9-11, there wasn't a lot of original programming emanating, emanating out of uh, 5150, was it about Broadway? Yes, it was. Wait, we dwelled on something 9-11 related <laughs> on the show? Are you positive? <laughs> and uh, as a result, MTV had to do something that it hadn't been doing in you know almost 15 years at that point, uh, which is play videos all day. And they had a, a playlist... This would be a great blog post, by the way, in 2005. This would be a great My Blog is Poop post. Oh, yeah. I should bring it back in 2021 for this to reason. And you, a golden opportunity to miss, Bob, because you worked at Viacom at the time. You probably could have tracked it down. What was the um, post-9-11 MTV playlist? Right. Because it was only about 10 to 20 videos, and they just looped it. Yeah. And I remember uh, I'm a Slave for You was one of them. I remember there was a, um, what was it? Overcome by Live. Over- I, I am overcome. I don't know. Overcome was on it? Yeah, that was on all the time. Um, Side by Travis was on it. Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen was on it. Um, New York, New York, Ryan Adams. New York, New York was on it. Uh, also, um, there was, uh, oh, uh, Bad Boys for Life. Puff Daddy. Yes. Uh, his uh, 2001 hit. Great song, great video. I still remember. Uh, and it was a, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna do some research on that because I think that would even be a good episode um, of this, their podcast, we but got, well, we this to, was on it. We'd have, we'd have to get Nikki back for that one. If we were to do that, I think we would have to, I don't know if we could book her these days. She Nikki is Blazer's she, a little too famous. She is uh, hosting Fuckboy Island or F boy Island on HBO max. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, check it out. Have you seen it? Not yet, but I'm going to, No, you're not. Um, of course I am. The video for the song has a UFO theme similar to the X files television series. Does that ring a bell at all? I know. Never saw the X Files. Never seen a second of the X Files. And everybody's got to calm down. Still not entirely sure if um, Gillian Jacobs is British or American, or if it's pronounced Gillian or Jillian. I'll never know. Or if it's actually Jillian or Gillian Anderson. Anderson, not Jacobs, not, Jacobs, not the one from Community. <laughs> That's Bob. He works in the entertainment That's a Gillian. business. I got Gillian Jacobs <laughs> on the mind. When you did, um, when you were putting together the cast of Flock of Dudes, there's only two Gillians, and I fucked it up. <laughs> When you were putting together the cast of Flock of Dudes, Bob, yes. you had my favorite part of the process that you would uh, share with me uh, was meeting with different actors and actresses for drinks or dinner 
and kind of talking out the role and maybe seeing if they'd be good for it. Right. We didn't have a traditional, this was a low budget movie. We didn't have auditions or anything like that. I would just go meet an actor for a drink or for just breakfast. It's kind of a good excuse just to have fun experiences. It too, was. It was awesome. Director. It was very awesome. It was a cool experience. Did you? Was Jillian Jacobs involved in the process? She was on lists, but no, she was not available around that time. I would have cast her personally. Yeah. Too late for me to share my input? No, she would have been great. I often said to one of the producers on the movie that I thought she was going to end up being a movie star. Yeah. I thought she just had it. She does. Yeah. And it's not too late. She even, there was kind of a. She was so good in love, which yes. I did not, I did not love love. Kind of but a I dopey thought, show, a Judd Apatow produced show that wasn't that good, and but she was really good in it. Here is uh, Pipe Dreams. Good Jillian Jacobs talk. Jillian Anderson gets nothing. Nothing. Sorry. I stood in line and I thought Cross my mind I had been dreaming But I didn't mind I signed the line and the woman looked right through She didn't smile I prayed to God if there I pray to God There is heaven But heaven seems so very far from here That is like a quintessential Fran Healy Travis lyric right Fuck, I love this song so much In fact, I think this was my favorite song For years off this album Bob Castro's Celebration of Life playlist I, I, You know what, this is more the vibe I'm looking for On my deathbed, yeah Good, because it was called Pipe Dreams, too. Yeah. Which is like, your whole life yeah. was a pipe dream. It was a pipe dream. And now it's over. Done. This is a good song to die to. Let's be honest. It, but, okay. Again, it's not like you're laying on the deathbed, the air is coming out of your lungs, your brain activity is about to cease, so you <laughs> want to have this maudlin, sad music playing. That's exactly what I want. It's supposed to be like celebrating a life that was lived well. You just want like born to the USA, born in the USA, just fucking rocking out as you're struggling to breathe. Come That's on. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> I love the chorus. Yeah. It's one of my favorite songs in the album. It's uh doesn't get any pop, no love. No, but it deserves love. This is so this whole album, and now like we're kind of in the meat of it, is just taking me back to being on the bus from Rockland County into New York City. Mm. the summer when I was interning at MTV and just having to catch the bus at like 7.42 in the morning and taking an hour bus ride where you would have to just stop at all these little towns in New Jersey on your way in, especially right. if you miss the express bus, then you're fucked. You'd thanks. have to take, yeah. And uh, just being exhausted and just like leaning up against the uncomfortable uh, window with the bad heater oh, air, AC thing that's like Those running up against sucked. there. And just having this on my disc man and just listening to this album pretty much every morning as I went into the city, because it was like something I could fall asleep to. Interesting to listen to. And uh, yeah, that's where I am right now. I'm on that bus. Yeah, that is. Um, that's a good call. That The same era for me. Well, maybe a year later, my album, because you kind of think about those, the post college year when you f- have your first terrible job. Or you're interning, or you're just, you know, you're starting to get your feet wet, yeah. essentially. And 
for me, my first kind of real um, job out of college, I got a, essentially it was a paid internship at Major League Baseball on Park Avenue. Um, and same deal. I was living at home with my parents in the mm-hmm. suburbs. And so I would drive my shitbox uh, 1988 Chevy Celebrity over the Tappan Zee Bridge. Both things, RIP. Yeah. The bridge is history. Gone. The Chevy Celebrity's gone. Hacks 379. Plate number. Um, and then I would catch the Metro North train into yeah. um, Grand, Grand, Grand Central. Cent- yeah. Grand Central. No, Penn Station. No, Grand Central. Grand Central. The terminal. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, Coldplay, Rush of Blood to the Head. Yep. Every that day. That makes sense. Yeah. I would, li- I would put it on and I would just like stare out the window. Metro North train rides way better than the bus oh, uh, way to better. Port Authority. Yes. I mean, it's, it's not even, it was, you know, much better. And uh, you're just going along the river and you're just listening to a great album of the era. Um, but that sticks with you. Yeah. I would get out of the Port Authority, still listening to this album. Maybe I would flip in like a Ryan Adams or something to, you know, rush up to 1515 Broadway where I would sit in a cubicle and play snood and uh, just try to get noticed. <laughs> try to get noticed. It's like hoping Carson Daly happened by your cubicle. Well, this was pre 9-11. By a couple of months. Even by our standards, 9 is coming up a lot. I know. Well, I mean, look where we are. But this was, uh, there was no security at 1515 Broadway. There were like teenagers in the elevators looking for Carson Daly. <laughs> it was crazy. I love that. Yeah. A melting snowman I was told But there was no one there to hold Before I swore that I would be Now, this is the one you put on a mixtape for a lady in 2001. I believe I did it roughly 12 times. Exactly. Yeah, this was it. It was the third and final single released on March 25th, 2002. Didn't do much. It was a top 20 in the UK singles chart, so that's pretty good. Reached number 35 in Ireland. A minor hit in Australia, Germany, and Switzerland. Didn't do a goddamn thing in America. Um, but I always enjoyed it for the pure heart on its sleeve, like pop Paul McCartney. I'm all about just doing this great pop song. Yeah. But it also, it never really connected with me either. Like I knew I should like it. There's something kind of like hollowly superficial about it, but I always liked it, but there is something kind of missing. It doesn't connect it at like a deeper level. Kind of worked out perfectly that I was dating a girl where that exact same description be described could be mm, applied to our relationship and this was a song that i definitely included on one of our mixes so the, i just, we got a fucking bombshell here about <laughs> coming up in a second i mentioned paul mccartney he was in a band called the beatles we've never done a beatles album on the show that's not true why. nope you're wrong no we didn't do a Beatles album. 
I will sit here until you remember that we've done a Beatles album. Oh, he's scratching his head like a fucking dumb Homer Simpson <laughs> character. <laughs> just, nothing's registering right nah, now. No, we didn't do it. We did Revolver. Nah. <laughs> we definitely did nope. Revolver. We introduced people to the Beatles. Uh, that's not true. We had people tweeted us that they had never listened to a Beatles album before until we did it. We helped the Beatles. That's all okay. That's true. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Although uncredited on the album, it was co-written by Paul McCartney. Oh, fuck you. Uncredited? You got to credit that shit, Fran. What are you doing? In an interview with Rate Your Music, Healy claimed... Ooh, Wikipedia hitting him with a claimed in the big spot. I met McCartney whilst... Record, you guys got to come whilst. down with the... Whilst. 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 Relax. <laughs> recording a television program and I played him an unfinished track from the new album. He said, that's a great little, that's a great little song. It's pretty good. Not part. bad. Not pretty bad. Good. Thank you. He helped us finish the ending, but we didn't give him a credit on the sleeve. Fuck you, Paul McCartney. You know, buddy. Even the way Fran puts that, we didn't give him, it wasn't like he insisted we do not credit him. Yeah, so yeah. We didn't give him. A oh, credit. how great would it be if that fucking eats Paul McCartney up every oh, night? Geez. Like if he like loses sleep over it to this day. McCartney's a businessman, so if they froze him out of it, and McCartney had to sit on his hands because he's like, I can't sue these fucking nobodies, <laughs> Paul McCartney. So he probably just had to eat the shit. That is that is great. Oh, what score a move. one. Score one for Fran. What a power move to have something over a beetle. <laughs> Completely our take on what happened. <laughs> I don't care. I like it. We all know it's probably the way it actually put out, but I don't like that version. <laughs> I like Fran Healy and Travis screwing a beetle. <laughs> Come on inside, girl. I think it's time. Well, that does tell you also where Travis was. Totally. In the musical sphere at this time. I mean, he's on a TV show. With Paul McCartney, fucking Paul McCartney, and then they, he's collaborating with him on a song. You, you know. And then just being like, let's not call that guy back. And that's great, too. And that, <laughs> it's like that Chud Aaron Lewis, he is not collaborating. He's collaborating with Fred fucking Durst. Oh, for sure. He was. Durst was like... Still is, probably. Did he co-write that stupid song? Probably. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, fucker. This is The Cage. By the way, Travis followed up this album with a, a fairly underwhelming uh, War in Iraq album. Yeah. Like, nobody was asking for a war. Just like uh, the Eagles put out a War in Iraq album. It's like, nobody's asking for an Eagles don't like George Bush album. Right. Uh, nobody wanted a uh, a Travis album where the, the track four was Peace the Fuck Out. Beautiful Occupation, Peace the Fuck Out. And there are yeah. good songs on that album. It was It's not the worst ways, album, yeah. but it was definitely a misstep after these two in a row, three in a row. But some bands you don't really want the... We're paying attention to current events, and now we're going to share our feelings on military foreign policy. Like, that's not right. what we want from Travis. We, want, we listen to Travis to be in our feelings and to think about our girlfriends and, and the ones that got away. Thinking about it right I know now. you are. I could see it in your face once again. 
I'm back on the bus. This is another great bus song. Such a great album to fall asleep to. Short bus. So stupid. That's gotcha. A, that's that was just uncalled for. <laughs> that was a good one. It wasn't bad. Um, this is safe. I like this. One. I like this it's one too. One. We like this album a lot. Fuck, it's such a good album. Why is Dear Diary track number two? I don't know. Now this is this would be a good track too. Totally. And it's in the same kind of yeah ballpark. All right, get going. Friend. Take all the goods from all the bats And tell the people that you've gone away Now lift your hand up to the sky Now you can tell apart the black from the white We waste the time they treasure deep Going back to side for a second, um, Fran Hilly began writing this song by composing a rap, which is a very 2001 thing to do I mean, for a white rock just star. Try new things. Let's go. Which he would later remove. Oh, thank God! Imagine if he ruined that song with a Scottish rap. <laughs> I, I don't think he would have rapped. Would he get KRS One? No, he would have got tricky. Tricky was booked. <laughs> he was a uh, tricky. Was definitely in York, Pennsylvania. Was he on retainer? He was on retainer. <laughs> he was living in York with the rest of uh, Live, working on that song. I like all of these uh, alt rock bands of the late '90s, early 2000s, making sure to just get a rapper on retainer just in case they ever had a bad idea. You need it. It's like that's where it's at. New metal. We need to have some type of hip hop element. <laughs> I'm so happy they took the rap out of sight. Imagine, imagine that. Oh, one of the it would be the worst. I was gonna say it's um, Aerosmith's fault, but it's not really Aerosmith's fault. It might be Michael Snipes' fault. Hmm. Because when an alternative rock band of REM's, oh, yeah, yeah, turn the ladder. This part's cool. Okay. They're just so good at this song. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, they're one of these bands where, you know, on Spotify, I try to make mixes of like my 40 favorite songs for certain artists. They're one of those bands where that's tough to do because I just like every one of their songs. Like there's nothing that they put out where I'm like, oh, this is rubbing me the wrong way. Even their uh, anti-George Bush stuff. I know you were very pro-George Bush. So that one hit you personally. You're like mission was accomplished, but this, <laughs> but there's just yeah. Do you like zoom in on that aircraft carrier? I'm like pumping my fist. Yeah, I like I pulled the rope <laughs> to drop the banner. <laughs> that would it be was great. a celebration. That would be amazing if that was true. <laughs> All right, that's safe. Love it. I guess you could say if you wanted to throw because this song, this album wasn't critically acclaimed by listening to us. You would think it's essentially Abbey Road, but is not it was more or less it got mixed reviews and um i hate when this is a criticism of bands when a band finds its sound and kind of is in a real sweet spot early in their career and then they put out the next album after the big one and it's kind of a similar vibe and then they're told you're told that oh man they're not even trying to like reinvent their sound right 
you know, this is all this is very familiar. It's like that's okay. You could like park in that cul-de-sac for a while if you've hit on something. Not everybody has to be Radiohead and just take a big left turn. Right. And Travis, again, nobody's asking Travis to do that. And I like in this case, Travis is like, we're Travis. Yeah. We're sensitive Scottish trad rockers. Yeah. Just follow the light. But my point is, I guess you could say there's a bit of a sameness uh, in the second half of this album to the songs. But you could also then say, well, then, no, because it's all part of a whole yeah, I don't an album. I don't think I've ever thought that. All right. Here's the uh, chorus, which I like in this one. Not yet. No, but anyway, the radio song, track one off Out of Time by R.E.M. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. KRS-One has not aged well. And I wonder if it opened the floodgates for all those bands. I think it did. Keep in mind, Bob, you have your, what do you call it? Your 40? Travis 40? Travis 40. I'm going, this will probably be, We could maybe, maybe we have good feeling down the line, but this could be our last Travis album we do on the show. Could be. Could be. So I would say don't hesitate to empty the chamber out after this album and give me a couple Travis songs you love. I would love to do that. Can't, we, we don't want to leave that one in the chamber. I mean, there's like a, 50% chance we did that at the end of The Man Who. Not thinking we would ever do this album, but let's do it again. Tell me, I don't care. Honestly, tell me you remember anything about doing that. We listened to Why It Always Ran On Me. <laughs> we did that. We listened to that. We talked about that. We talked about how it rained on him in the uh, field. I don't know if we did. <laughs> we might not have. <laughs> we didn't do a Beatles album, by the way. We 100% did one Beatles album. Was it just the two of us? No, I think. Wait, was that with? Might have been with Jason. Is that when he told us he was microdosing? Might have been the Jason. See, yeah, I think episode. that's it. I think that was it. He um, he spiked my drink with a microdose that night. <laughs> so you don't remember, remember anything? It. No, I don't. All right, here's last train. <laughs> Call back. Alright, so who's a better band? Travis or Coldplay? I mean, what are, I, that's a that's a trap. You're trapping me. What's the criteria? I, I don't understand why that would be seen as a trap. It's it's <laughs> it's just me saying which band is better. If you took the ten best Travis songs versus sure. the ten best Coldplay songs. Thirteen. Thirteen. I thought thirteen was too many, isn't it? Twelve? Thirteen is every mix I ever made for a girl at thirteen tracks. Right. That's why they never worked. Um, <laughs> yes, got me. Thirteen <laughs> Mission accomplished. Fist bump. <laughs> Fuck, see, even that's not that easy. I feel like I can go deeper into 
a Travis catalog than I can Coldplay because they took a direction. They went a direction I never got on board with. When they went more kind of Technicolor. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dancey almost. Like, I feel like a Travis mix versus a Coldplay mix would be more consistent. But, shit, you t- take, like, the best Coldplay songs, kind of hard to deny those. Yeah, it's I mean, tough. you look at, because a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, Coldplay essentially took Travis's career, but Coldplay had the ambition, we, we've talked about this, that Travis didn't to, how do we become that huge stadium act? Um, and I believe when when Travis tours across the world, they play big places. So Travis is fine. Mm. Um, I like some of the, not the more recent Coldplay stuff. I think they've kind of fallen off now. In fact, this is the first album cycle for Coldplay where I haven't even really been on top of it. Yeah. I know you kind of were into the Higher Power single. Yeah, I liked it. Um, it didn't do much for me. Yeah, it doesn't have staying power. And then they, ha- I think there's a new single, and I haven't even tried to listen to it yet. Which is usually always the the for me when I've really fallen out with a band is when I, a band that I used to kind of do refreshes, trying to find out when's the single out and listen to it the first day. When all of a sudden a week's passed and I haven't made time to listen to like a three and a half minute song, that's when I know it's over. Basically, that makes sense. I remember when Viva La Vida dropped. I was like running around the house in Hollywood like a newsboy from the 1900s. I was like, the new Coldplay's out. I was like telling everybody I saw that day. It was just so exciting. Yeah. And now, yeah, they put out, I think, three or four songs off the new album. I haven't listened. Wait, have we? We didn't do Viva La Vida on this podcast. We have not done Viva La Vida. Let's do that. Okay. That's a great album. Anyway, I think my answer is, I think Coldplay is probably better, uh, but... It, it is unfair uh, to kind of put Travis in that box because they kind of did their own thing. They did they, they had their yeah. own thing. Yeah. All right. Here is Afterglow. Yellow might be on the Celebration of Life playlist. I could see that. Yeah. All right. So now, are you starting to see like kind of where I'm coming from with the Celebration of Life? When you think of Yellow, okay, it's a little melancholy, but also there's it's alive. It, it's, yeah, it's it, not there's like a, a life yeah, to yeah. it. There's there's a story behind it all. It's not just um, like sad cello, which is your whole album uh, playlist. <laughs> which um, all right, this is gonna help me understand this. Which U2 song? Well, first of all, will there be a U2 song on it? Fuck you. You know that answer. Uh, which Don't one? Hurt me like that. <laughs> which one? It's a great one. That's a great one. I'm going to think on that, Bob. You just, you really, really caught me there. Because <laughs> uh, I'm putting Lemon on mine. <laughs> I would say um, Vertigo, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm, now I'm lost again. Now I don't know how this works anymore. That's a good one. I don't know. You only get one. I mean, you're not going to give them two slots, are you? No, I, I don't think I could do that. Um, it might be something, again, life-affirming. Like, where the streets have no name. That I feel like that would be, maybe if I was like... There's also a song that, although now you're becoming a U2 fan, you, you can discover some of their deeper work. Mm. Are you out now? 
no, go on, uh, keep going, keep going. There's a song called The Sword of Homecoming, track one on the Unforgettable Fire that uh, it's almost a precursor to Where the Streets Have No Name. And uh, it might that might be it. It might go something a little off the beaten track. I'm sorry to all the listeners for asking this on mic. Should have <laughs> saved it for afterwards. <laughs> a Sword of Homecoming is the answer. Wow. Feels right. All right. But, well, get on your boots also. I don't even know what that one is. All right, here we go. Penultimate track. You ready? Yeah. This one, you want to talk about the feels, Bob. Oh, yes. Yeah, this one is. Now, wait, there was a hidden track on the album. Is this the last track? This is not. And then, okay, good. Got it. The penultimate, Bob. No, no, I know, but I don't know if you were counting the hidden track. As no, a... Well, I don't count the hidden track as um, a uh, official okay. track. Got I respect it, got it. the band's wishes. Good, there. good. Okay, good. All right, here we go. Everything that everyone says turns me on Shine a light on me So that everyone can see Senior of college, I'm laying in bed with my girlfriend. We're about, she lived in Massachusetts. I was in New York. We were like, what are we going to do next? Yep. Okay. We're both graduating. Oh, man. The, the answer to that question is going to kill you. Keep going. And, uh, and I remember laying in bed and she was sleeping. I was awake. It was the night before we moved out. And this song playing on the Sleepy Sex Mix. The slowdown mix. Oh, yeah. And that line in general, that line specifically, time exists, but just on your wrist, so don't panic. It's a great line. Um, and that forever, I'm in that dorm room, laying in the dark, my big, bulky, white computer, playing it on the real jukebox. I'll always remember that. Wow. I just, this is awesome. I like this song a lot. Yeah. Um, what, what, what ended up happening? Yeah, yeah. Just let's save for another episode. Okay. <laughs> I'm happily married. I have <laughs> you, two you, beautiful children. You love your wife even more now that she's a mom. We've been over that. Oh, yes, I do. It's like, oh, now I got some time for you, big boy. <laughs> that's every Saturday night. That's the <laughs> opening line of dialogue. It's big boy time. <laughs> Both of you could say that one. Um, it's funny. This took me back to uh, my relationship at the time, too. That summer of 01. Oh, yeah, how'd that go? How'd that Just started dating this That's girl. That's Heather, right? Nope, not Heather, different girl. Oh, yeah. Yep. But uh, I just started dating this girl, and, you know, the sky was the limit. So this was like one of those songs where <laughs> just kind of listening to it, being like, I think, I think this girl's fucking amazing. And it's like a beautiful song, and this is making me think of her. And it was it was all good. You know, I and it was about, because no, she no. didn't truly love you. And she oh, no, she, oh, she, no, she loved me a lot. She moved on, though. No, I that that was not that that's not how that one ended 
Is she is outside this? She might be right outside. Garage now. right now. No. Well, you have something you want to share? No, no. It just that's, you know, that was just one of those relationships that didn't work out. She didn't. I wasn't dumped. Why didn't it work out? Uh, it just wasn't right. Ultimately. For who? For me. Why not? Wasn't right. Why not? few reasons don't care <laughs> you're waiting just teeing it up <laughs> teeing up the don't care you dropped a uh, don't care on the uh around the nfl podcast the other day and i wish everybody listening knew the reference it's the most obscure <laughs> reference of all time it's from an old post show video where brian levin was playing a washed up rock star and as he's being talked to it's like a dating show and as he's being talked to he goes don't care don't care. Don't care. And he just keeps saying don't care. And it's existed ever since then. That's so funny because. It's just become a part of our vernacular. And I thought it was like from the Ben Stiller show or something. Nope. It's from that old sketch from the Bow show. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. It's so funny. It's ridiculous. Don't care is so perfect in every way. I'll, I'll try to dig it up. I don't even know where I could find it, but I have it somewhere. Just so you, just so you could hear it and know that I'm not making it up awesome all right here is uh the final song pre-hidden track yes on the invisible band it is the humpty dumpty love song that's a fucking song title because all i need is you i just need you yeah you got the glue I'm gonna give my heart to you I love when a, a rock band is responsible with their use of strings Yeah, for sure It's not done in a saccharine way It's not done as like a cheap way to garner unearned emotion This is how you use strings Save it Bitches Follow me to L.A. Listen up, Art Alexakis. Oh, wait, leave Art's name out of your mouth. And Fran Healy. Not Fran Healy. Fran Healy's from Travis. This is Fran Healy. Rivers Cuomo. Fuck you. He's <laughs> lashing out. Listen to this. You know, it's funny, they, their previous tour before they went into the studio to record this was um, opening for Oasis across the U.S. Oh, wow. Um, I think I, believe, I saw them at Radio City Music Hall. And uh, sometimes when a band tours with another band, they pick things up from that band, but I don't sense any anything Gallagher Brother related leaked no, into the Invisible Band. Not at all. But that's the ultimate endorsement that those guys hated fucking everybody and they were touring with Travis. Well, Noel Gallagher said something funny um, in an interview I read somewhat recently. People, you know, always go back to the um, feud uh, with Blur and, and Damon Alburn and all that and, uh, and the fact that Noel Gallagher used to shit on everybody. Yeah. Um, and he said one of the reasons you, he stopped doing is that he just ran out of people to kind of get into fights with. And he named some bands, and one of them was Travis. He's like, 
how am I going to get in, into a fight with those guys? Those guys are too nice. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to get into a war of words with Fran Healy and Travis. Makes sense. Um, maybe that's ultimately what held Travis back. They're just too nice. Too nice. Just and nice sweet, guys. Sweet lads. Yeah. They were never going to be huge. But uh, this song, uh, the album was written while on tour with Oasis. God, this song would have ended up on every mix for every girl ever, were it not saddled with the hidden track at the end. Ooh, yeah, that was a killer. Because it was like an 18-minute final track, so you couldn't do it. That was a killer. The technology just wasn't there yet. That always hurt. I'm trying to think what are some notable songs that were lost to that. Mm. Yeah, this is great. Disappointed that uh, SDE didn't handle the review for all music. It's Mackenzie Wilson, who did a nice job, but better job. Four stars out of five. Indeed, Travis is the basic man's poets. That's interesting. And the Invisible Band plays toward the simplicities of humility. They've done it again, but with more internal charisma. Man who took them from indie angst to melodic humdrum. The Invisible Band perfects the ever-changing growth within the band for something great. See, that's how you review an album that is of the same feeling of the album before it. Something that kind of continues what a band is doing well. As opposed to criticizing them for not doing something different. And then when the next album comes out... Which is totally what SD would have done that. No, SD would have been fucking totally locked in on what we were thinking about this album. But what happens is the band puts out a first album, okay? And then either that album or the second album is the big breakthrough. Right. The third album comes out, and then if it's too much like the second album, the music press um, criticizes them for it. And then when nobody really likes uh, the album that... uh, came out third when they come out with the fourth album no it's got to be your bowl <laughs> no the second album if the band does what music critics want you to do and puts out the the next album with all these changes to it and it's like not the same sounding band right um they might get positive reviews but people won't be into it but then when they put out the next album that sounds like the breakthrough album then critics like it yeah critics like when you go back to the popular sound but they don't like you to stay with it for the next album Right. It's you have a trope. To, it's, yeah, you have to move away, come back. It's a whole dance you have to do to impress fucking people that have never made an album themselves. Oh, that think they oh, know everything. Like Stephen Thomas Erlewine. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yep, whoa, yep it all comes whoa, back to him. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're a fucking asshole, Bob. Yep. You're such an asshole that you're not going to get the hidden track. What? No, I love the hidden track. I don't know where it is. I can't remember it. <laughs> I think it's I like it. a country song and it's not even Fran Healy singing it. Oh, that's right. Um, the hidden tracks that are of real note um, We're off. are off the man who. Yes, that's right. And we listen to those. All right, Bob. So it, uh, the time has come now um, to what are some of the Travis songs that truly you love that have not been covered on the man who or um, the invisible band? I mean, I can't, started? I can't say that you're just springing this on me because you did give me a heads up earlier and I'm just not ready for it still. Significant amount of time. This is like a pop quiz where I just didn't, not even pop quiz, it's a quiz that you're told about. I just didn't know preparation for it. Just look, just look. You want me to start? I I do because I'm clearly clearly just stalling right now. Because we did bury 12 memories, the uh, We Don't Like the War in Iraq album. Yes. So I will give it a little bit love and uh, the the, um, opening track 
uh, reoffender I really like. Or I believe this is the open. This is the first single off that album. Travis that they were so kind of forgotten in the grand grand scheme of things that if you try to search Travis yeah Travis Scott Travis Travis Scott you can't even find him you know, here's the chorus from the talk more about this oh geez Bob. <laughs> i'm bouncing from one playlist to another okay yeah i know what i want to do i want to go back in time to the album we almost did tonight oh i mean okay. why, why wouldn't we well that would make sense yeah and uh you can't go wrong with any song on that album but i find myself always loving tied to the 90s uh, which yes. if there were if there were to be a theme song for this podcast i feel like that would be it <laughs> I would say that is definitely kind of our thing. Just a couple of guys. More so than you 16 girls about girls who are under the age of 16. I feel like that shouldn't be the song. It hasn't aged as well. No. that I always loved. It was off a somewhat under-the-radar album they put out in 2007 called The Boy With No Name. Ooh, one of my favorite Travis albums. Uh, and the second track is called Selfish Genius. Yes, good pick. And this song is interesting because the first mix I ever made for my wife, my wife, um, which came after we had a, a bit of a false start to the beginning of our relationship, and then she disappeared from the picture and then called me out of the blue and said she had moved to New York. And I remember being like, oh, it was a little messed up. She kind of disappeared. Uh, and then when I put this on the mix, Selfish Gene, it was perfect. Because I didn't think there was anything selfish about what she did. But you know how the Goyles are. You're just playing mind games. You know how the Goyles are. She looked for something in every song uh-huh. for me sending messages, decoded messages. And she thought I was calling her selfish. Wow. Negging her. Negging just, her. Just like mystery taught you. <laughs> but I wasn't, I just want to say. But it doesn't matter. Because that gave me the power. Hey, Gene, don't rock the boat when you can't swim. 
right. A couple more. Bob, what do you got? I would stay on this album and play Battleship. Oh. Remember that one? That was another great one. That is another And it probably song. sounds the most similar to the album we just listened to. Okay. Yeah, if, I was going to say, if you really like what you heard on The Invisible Band, you kind of lost track of Travis, go ahead and, and dial up the, man, the boy with no name. Yeah. And you'll call. love it. Because I, this album also needs love. It came out in 2013. It's called Where You Stand. Mm-hmm. Completely off the radar at this point, uh, Travis, in terms of people tracking them. And to me, this is in their top three or four albums. This is the lead track. It's called Mother. I thought about, Bob, giving some love to that Susanna Hoff song. Yeah, I uh, thought about the same. On the last album, which has grown on me. Yep. Uh, but again, if you like The Boy With No Name... If you like The Invisible Band, you will like Where You Stand. Here is a little of the lead track, Mother. That's what you got to give Travis a lot of credit for. They knew their lane. Yep. Stayed in their lane for the most part. And I think they deserve to be rewarded for it. I want this song to play when they realize they accidentally buried me alive and they have to dig me back up. <laughs> as I'm re-entering, as they, as they pull the top of the casket off and I re-emerge, I want this song to be playing. And they're like, uh, and you, you get out the dirt. You're like, ah, mom, I'm alive, I'm alive. They're like, oh, your mom couldn't make the Oh, this is so awkward. <laughs> and you like slowly slink, slink back down and you're like, bury me. No coffin. No coffin. <laughs> Just mud. <laughs> um, all right. We love Travis. Love right. Travis here, guys. Now, you know what else we love, Dan? What? Our Patreonies over at patreon.com. As slash much as Travis, though. I like them more because they've given us more than Travis. Maybe not in terms of music, which, You're by the way, capitalist I am. We're totally open to, uh, to you know, them sending us music as well. But everybody at patreon.com 
has been helping us out for so long, kicking in $2 a month, $6 a month, and more to make sure that we keep doing this. Keep listening to obscure Brit rock from the early aughts on the <laughs> eve of 9-11. That's who we're doing it for, Dan, is the Patreonies, especially our top-tier Patreonies like Bruno, the sponsor in Didn't Canada. Didn't we throw out a challenge to prove he was alive and not Christopher McCandless from that book? We did throw that out, and guess what? Have not heard back yet. Not a good sign. Not a great but sign. the checks are still clear. But he's still our top-tier Patreone. So, uh, Bruno, if, if, if you are Bruno or if you know Bruno, please let us know he's okay. I mean, okay. at what point do we have a responsibility, Bob, <laughs> in terms of wellness check? Because if we're, if we're, let's say, okay, before he went into the wild, Bruno uh, set up, you know, an automatic deduction yeah, yeah. for Patreon, yeah. like all of our Patronis. Um, and it's just taking out that money every month. Yeah, yeah. And let's say he had a pretty nice nest egg, okay? Right. So, hypothetically... <laughs> He could, could be oh, in the wild. Yeah, needing us. Needing our help. And we're not saying anything because we're like, oh, the, the check's still coming in. Right. I mean, we are listed as emergency contacts on Bruno's uh, medical stuff. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is we shouldn't, it would be lazy of us uh, and greedy to say, oh, the, the money's still coming in. That means he's fine. When absolutely it could just be the case of it's bleeding out from a, an account that hasn't been touched otherwise in months and months and months. It sounds to me like you're going to log into the Patreon and message Bruno based on your concern. Mm, it sounds to me like this is really strong. this is really weighing on you and that you're going to really take control right now. Bruno, I think if you are somehow <laughs> listening to this on a ham radio, I want you to know that um, it did cross my mind right in this moment. So you're, you're putting in just like slightly more than the bare minimum. Well, it's just, I don't think it should be um, not noted that I, I, do, I did care in this moment. Noting it, but not doing anything. Right. Got it. Okay. But no, but what also, I'm saying is I've essentially set you up. I've said, Bob, no, no, no. You, this sounds this like you're is gonna, something we need to kick the tires you're on. You're saying we, but it sounds like this is something you're going to kick the tires on. So I, I encourage it. Bruno, I hope you're okay too. What were we talking about? I don't remember anymore. We were also going to thank Mansi and Kleine over there in Australia. And of course, Courtney and Wyatt, our top tier Patreonies. Everyone, thank you for keeping this alive at patreon.com slash throwback pod. And Dan, now you know what we have to do before we end this shindig. We need to pick a Travis song to add to our Spotify throwback podcast playlist, which can also be found on Apple, maybe still. I think so. Okay, I'll great. check in on that. Really, you, just more, you, more engaged than ever. <laughs> now, I think I'm a little bit behind on the playlist, mm-hmm. but you, you have my word that it will get updated. All right, what are we going to put on? What are we going to put on? This is I tough. Mean, is it tough? I think it's tough. They have too many good songs, Dan. I don't know. Well, you know that I have my Celebration of Life song already, so it would be very strange if I didn't pick my Celebration of Life song, I guess is what I'm saying. That was Sing, right? Yes. I feel like you can't go wrong with sing, side, or safe, the three S's. So if you feel strongly about sing, let's do it. Okay. There you go. Started playing it before I even said it. So it feels like uh, no matter what I said, this was going to happen. But <laughs> That's not true. But did you were you really going to have a, a real case for side or, or safe? I think you could make the case. But no, let's just do this. I mean, the fact that there will be people. Dan, with, with all you put into this podcast, <laughs> I don't want you to leave here not happy. You deserve this. All right, you get to pick the next song. <laughs> I don't want that? it. I don't want it. All right, there you go. Sing, Travis, the latest edition to the Throwback Podcast playlist. We'll be back in two weeks with more music, bosom buddy, 
goodness, some right. September 11th, 2001 probably, talk. Probably slightly Good less, stuff. probably slightly less 9-11 talk. Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't, that. I'm not going to guarantee it. Also, potentially less Chris Kattan updates. We don't know for sure, though. That can't be guaranteed either. Can't be guaranteed. So like we'll if see. people don't want to hear about 9-11 or Chris Kattan, we could tell you, oh, don't worry about it. It will not come up in two weeks. But that'd be a lie. Well, you know, in other podcasts, you have to skip over ads. In this podcast, you just have to skip over Chris Kattan talk. <laughs> Poor Chris. Always being skipped over. <laughs> Follow us on at ThrowbackPod on Twitter, at ThrowbackPod on Instagram. And sing, sing, sing. Volume up. Volume up.